Okay, with Reagan Vasquez, uh, making USA enamel is the short film. It's already doing well on on YouTube as per this uh, podcast. It's been up for a few months. It's already got over twenty four thousand views. Really, kind of an advertisement of this product. Is that is that a fair assessment to say? A seventeen minute advertisement of the, of the product, but you are telling a beginning, middle, and end story of, about the product as well. Yeah, it's really about just how this product came to fruition, the context behind it, the inspiration. Uh, where we got the ideas and all the passion and how we made it come to life, really, yeah. So how does this how does this film, you're the director of the film, does the company approach you to make the film? Or how, what's the process? Yeah, so I actually have been working for Lodge Cast Iron for over five years now. Um, I started in our social media department and had a background in cinematography. So they definitely uh utilize that and I was kind of working social media but also making a lot of promotional videos for the company um so like in the film you see this was something that our company have wanted we've wanted to do this for over a decade now so in 2019 we got the green light to really start the project um and so my manager came to me and approached me and was like we got to tell the story and because it's honestly, it's history in the culinary world. Um, no one's ever done this before. Yeah. And she came to me and was like, Reagan, we have to tell this story. And um, I totally agreed. I was like, absolutely, we have to do this. And so um, we worked together to uh, really make this documentary. And um, I spearheaded the whole project. And for three years, that's what we were doing. And um, it was really awesome. It was a great experience. So I've been at the company, but I took on a different role to really uh, be the director of everything and do this so, project. So thematically, the film is about a bunch of people getting together and doing something great. And mm -hmm. we, as an audience, I'm just being, I'm generalizing the whole world. And basically, we love watching films like this like upset like obsessiveness is good so i'm obsessed sometimes it's good <laughs> yeah. right it's just about people who like they they want to do something and you can't it does it takes a village always takes a village to do something great and it's just about mm -hmm. all the, the moving pieces within this organization and and what it takes and it's it's fascinating the process of like just making this like making something like it's like can I, can I, is it fair to say cookware or What's the best mm -hmm, way to yeah. describe the, the the product? Yeah, cast iron cookware. Um, I think definitely the one thing I wanted to accomplish with this whole documentary was to just give the audience an inside scoop on what it takes to create something that you use every day in your kitchen. It's something that's sitting on your stove or sitting in your cabinet. You use it every day, but you don't really think about where it came from. Um, so with this documentary, I wanted to show people, this is where it came from. This is how it happened. These are the people and their stories of taking something that's so ordinary and making it special for you. So this is based, this company's in based in Tennessee? Yeah, we're based in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. It's outside of Chattanooga, kind of in between Chattanooga and Nashville. Um, it's a small town where it's kind of like a town just of cast iron, honestly, <laughs> Um, how many people yeah. work how many people work in this in this uh company like in this so time? right now our company as a whole i believe is about 600 um so we're still pretty small company family owned still um we're over 125 years old so uh 
Yeah. And you haven't you haven't uh, outsourced to China yet. Uh, we do. We so that's the reason why we wanted to bring our enamel to the United States. Yeah. We were outsourcing to China. Um, and so over the past decade or so, we've been trying to figure out how we can do this in America. Yeah. Um, so that was the big goal. So now we have our USA made enamel, which is. Oh, awesome. yeah, I, I totally like it. It's all about like cost efficiency and making sure like you, when the the product goes out to to uh, to the Western world, it, you can't it has to be reasonably priced, I guess. Right. It can't be exuberant yeah. amount of money. It has to the product has to be great, but also has to be in the realms of like people can afford the product as well. The average person can. Afford Absolutely. The yeah. And that's something that we as a company really um, try to pursue is having cast iron cookware that's also affordable because we want our consumers to be able to buy multiples and pass them through generations. So, yeah. So tell me about the process of this, of this uh, film. I love the animation. We can get to that in a second, like kind of how you kind of showed the audience, like how it all comes together. Did you write mm -hmm. a script like, was it always going to be, I guess it's a multifaceted question. Uh, is it, was it always going to be around the 15, 20 minute mark? And did you write a script before you started filming? And so you kind of knew exactly where you're going with the, with the film? Yeah. Great question. So um, we knew we wanted it to be a shorter documentary just because um, we like as a company in our social media, we don't put out super long form uh, videos so, um, but this is a lot longer than anything on social media nowadays, yeah. you know, everything's like 20 seconds. So we knew we wanted it to be like in the shorter form of documentary style things. Um, but the process, honestly, it changed so much because we started in 2019. We had no idea, or we started early 2020, I guess, had no idea the pandemic was going to happen. But the way it happened was um, I, I, so I'm our only cinematographer on campus. Um, so I really spearheaded this myself and kind of had to pitch ideas to a team of people at work. So um, I took, I watched a lot of other documentaries and I remember specifically, I watched a Porsche documentary and kind of got a lot of inspiration and built it into a storyline um and so we did that and I worked with my manager and we really sat down for like three hours one day and just like went into a detailed storyline um and so that was what we were following and then when COVID came everything changed so our story was totally not the same story because there were so many obstacles we had to overcome so I believe it was with the, it was like mid to end 2020 we had to sit back down as a group and really think about okay what is our story now because everything's been halted for so long and mm -hmm. there was a big period of pause pretty much so we sat down again and really just fleshed out a new storyboard um and that's what we um that was our process throughout the next two years and then um we started filming the interview portions and um, we didn't have a script for those, but we had like obviously a detailed list of questions yeah. and we knew which person we wanted to associate with, with uh, which portion of the, the maker's process. So uh, Kelly was with design. Um, then you had Mike who is an overall, then you had Carrie who goes into history and details like that. So we knew um, what each person that we wanted to hit specific points. 
Yeah. Um, so that was really the process. It was kind of like I'll say it was all over the place because of all the obstacles that we didn't think we were going to face. Um, so it was like we had to come back together multiple times and look at the story again and make sure that one, we were hitting everything that we wanted to hit, but two, that we were incorporating all the new things that were happening too, because that's a part of the story is all the obstacles, you know? So you use, you're using the interviewers, the people you're interviewing kind of like the, the as a plot points, like just from a mm-hmm. storytelling standpoint, basically as yeah. to kind of further the story along. Did you interview yes. like uh, everybody yourself that you like, you got the camera nice framing, by the way, like I, this is kind of an underrated thing <laughs> with, uh, in terms of people being interviewed. I see a lot of documentary films and it's like, what are you doing with the interview? But there's <laughs> context to every uh, interview person you interview, meaning that in the background, thematically, it, it fits with the person that you're interviewing. So Thank great you. job on that. It, it's an underappreciated uh, element. Thanks. I appreciate so good framing, that. But basically, then you also <laughs> you interviewed them all yourself, too. So I, I wasn't interviewing. We have a copywriter on our team okay. who was taking control of the interviews. So it was um typically with each shoot, we had a team of three. So there was me filming. Um, my manager, who was our producer, he uh, was just there kind of overseeing, helping with lighting and things like that. And then we had our copywriter, who was the interviewer. Um, and she and I worked together really closely, uh, constructing all the questions and making sure we hit all those plot points. So she was doing that while I was on camera. And, gotcha. and then mm-hmm. then you're showing like it's like it's like you don't, but at the same time, you don't want a 17 minute film of people just talking about about the product. You gotta give yes. us a visual kind of experience. And you got some really cool shots where you go inside in the factory and in the mm-hmm. developing stage, but you also showed like the screenshots of like from an architectural standpoint, how the mm-hmm. how the, the product gets made. When did you add that in? Did you always did you did you always envision that when you were making the film to kind of add that kind of animation style? Yes, definitely. We um one thing that our audience loves is the transparency and I guess you could say the inside scoop. They love to see um inside the manufacturing process, inside the design processes, and we show them very frequently like our foundries and how the manufacturing process works we don't show them as much on the conceptual side so we knew that we definitely wanted to show that process and with the animations we knew that we wanted to show some of those draft sheets that that's essentially where they came from the animations they came from uh like sketches and things from our team um so we definitely knew we wanted to show that from the beginning because our fans love that kind of stuff yeah, and then 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 how did you get in? You went inside and you kind of did the testing, I guess. Like the, mm-hmm. I don't know how would you call what would you would you call those rooms? The testing rooms, or is there something more sophisticated? Yeah, do uh, are you referring to when we did the the ball the ball drop and... test? Yeah, you're kind of like making sure the yeah. product is is I guess like it's almost like a test dummy, I guess, right? Yeah, they're like our quality testing team. Yeah. Um, so we're making sure that the quality of each piece is being met, and so with the ball drop, if it's shattering we don't want that to happen so that's a part of just our enameling team as a whole they kind of take different turns and rotate um so that that was really fun to see because i don't see that often um i definitely go into our foundry and into our warehouses frequently with filming different things but i don't usually see that part of it so um that was a really cool process to see and um I, I think our audience really likes to see that as well. 
No, I think everybody likes to see, to see that because it's your it's like you're seeing like the phrase how the sausage gets made, but in in a more mm -hmm. cool way, right? Like you guys, it's yeah. always cool to see that the behind the scenes stuff. People love that. I I especially love like especially in today's kind of information age where we want to see how things get gets to get get manufactured. I guess. Yeah, I think too in today's time, like we're so conscious of what is going into our products. I think people care a lot more about that these days. And so one thing that we really continue to do is be transparent um, so that people know like what's going into it, what the work that's going into it, and um, just overall having more appreciation for the pieces in their home. Yeah. And it's like, so you said that there's a couple of people or one person in particular in the in the film who's like the fourth they're the fourth generation they've been working for the company for four gen generations yeah there's a um since our company is still family owned we have a lot of family members that still work there through generations which is yeah. awesome um so yeah that's a a big uh thing in our company is family generations which is very cool and it's sort of like so 600 employees i guess in this town that's a that's a that's a economy helper i guess one would one would say Definitely. Um, and that's another thing that our company wanted to accomplish with the USA Enamel project as a whole was to bringing more jobs to the community. And we do a lot of things within the community as well. So this was giving us more opportunities there as, as well in the town. Um, so yeah, we were really excited about that. So tell me about, okay, so tell me about yourself then. Like, are you is this something, is this kind of your first documentary film, like in, in its full scale? I know you did a lot of social media stuff. Yeah, it, it is. I, so once I started, when I was in film school, um, I had a job during college where I was working for a station on our uh, college campus that was a documentary style news station. It's kind of hard to describe, but we were basically taking students and stories and making those stories into very short, like, two to three minute documentary style videos. So that's kind of where I got my uh, my drive for documentary making. Uh, and I've been wanting to make one for years. And so this was my, my first opportunity to truly like delve in and take the reins on a documentary project. So this is my first one, yes. So what are you, are you gonna do? Like, are you, did it inspire you creatively to do more documentaries? Yeah, I, I would love to continue to do that. I would love to make a feature length one, one, one day. Um, I think one of the hard parts is you kind of have to let the stories come to you um, and experience these things. So I don't know what the next one would be, but I definitely want to make a feature one day. Yeah, like, if, like but then I guess, the, the like you said, you'll, you'll find, I guess, the story. It will come to yeah. you and you'll come to it, I guess, in a, in a balanced way. Yeah, you. I feel like the, the story and you, that you come together and that's why you make them. Um, I feel like sometimes if you go out and just try to find things, like then you won't have a very authentic story, you know? So. Because like, we don't say your your age, but you're you're very young and you made this very, like, I watch a lot of documentary films and, and basically I've watched your film and I'm like, oh, very, it's nicely photographed, nicely put together. It's like, oh, this is a kind of a seasoned filmmaker who did this. And then and then I was researching you. And I'm like, oh, she's just starting out. This is kind of she's like, she already made a great, great short film like already. Oh, thank you. Too, right. Like the, obviously within the context of the company that you had the resources, the equipment and the 
and that 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 helps as well one would assume sure um so when i did go to film school i after graduation i kind of took the social media route um and so that's what i've been doing for the past five or six years yeah um so like agency work and things like that but definitely this has kind of given me the itch again to get back into the true filmmaking and storytelling process um so i've definitely done some things on the side for that but um nothing to this degree so i would definitely do want to like uh continue to pursue the more filmmaking aspects cinematography not just uh you know social media work well i gotta give kudos to your company or you yourself like a lodge cast iron is your um instagram your social media you guys got like almost 500,000 followers. Like it's pretty, uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty, people love this stuff. It's like, it's like uh, the cooking <laughs> shows and like in the last like 15, 20 years, like these, like, it's like, it's like jumping on, you guys, you guys took the ball and ran with it and basically saw that there's like a huge following for chefs and like cooking where like we just had the Emmys when we're doing this podcast, like the bear was based on mm -hmm. a restaurant, won all the Emmys. Like people are really into this type these type of uh, films and this type of product yeah and I think too um I do think COVID definitely put that even more into the yeah. like because I think that makes sense. like I remember because I was still working social media at the time I'm full-time filmmaking now but um at that time like cooking videos cooking TikToks cooking reels on Instagram became huge and we're taking over the world pretty much yeah and so I think now like so many people have taken an interest in cooking and just cookware in the culinary world in general. And like you say, the bear, like huge show that's literally about a restaurant. Um, and I think yeah. maybe 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been a thing, but now it's such a huge space in our world. So we've definitely uh, like taken the reins on that and really uh, we, we make a lot of content where we have a culinary studio that we are in multiple times a week filming and creating all kinds of cooking oriented content yeah well the cooking network right like it's just people yeah. like, like my kids were watching like the is it cake or something like that like it's just like like on netflix it's like they did like oh, okay, that yeah. gener no i'm just saying the generation it's just like it's just like they they just love like people just love this kind of stuff right so because you know what we all eat we all eat food so. yeah we're always gonna need to eat you know yeah. <laughs> so i think also i do think food and culinary and all those aspects in that realm they all in a way bring people together yeah. and I think that's another reason why people crave that is because in this world now you have AI you have all the you know technology in the world but I think we still crave to be together and so I think cookware essentially brings people together yeah it's it's part of creativity too like there's nothing for me nothing more satisfying to like cook something based on a on a, like a, a blueprint of a, of a recipe or something and then like mm -hmm. or doing your own create creative thing and then like eating it and it's like oh that, like it's the best it's the best thing in the world or even going to a restaurant and like like you said it's like a it's like a community it's like a people it's bringing people together and it's like sharing it's a it brings a community together so and cultural different differences and like different kinds of uh, aspects yeah 100 percent absolutely so amazing film. Like, uh, I was like, I was a little bit dubious when I saw it first when it got passed to me. It's like, oh, this is just an advertisement. But 
no, it's more than that. And uh, that's why we're showing it. We accepted it and uh, people loved it. What did you think about what the audience, our audience had to say about your film? Um, I, in my mind, I was like, check. Um, because truly, <laughs> like, what I wanted to accomplish was people having a new appreciation for the things in their home, which I know I've already hit on. Um, but that was like really what I wanted to come across is I wanted people to see like, wow, there's a lot of work that was put into this little pot that's in my kitchen right now. Yeah. Um, and I remember one woman said like, she was looking at the other things in her house and was like, now I'm wondering like where these things came from and like what their origin was. And that's truly like, that made me feel so good because that's really what I wanted to come across. I see a TV show. <laughs> and How it's made. <laughs> no, there's one in Canada where we're like, there's like, they, it's like factory. I can't remember the, Exactly. It's like, but they go in factories and they show like Canadian factories and they show like how certain products get made. It's more, more about food, about like certain food products mm -hmm. gets made and putting the ingredients together. But this is like, uh, like you said, you did the, the Porsche one. It's like people, people love this stuff, right? Like, uh, like the creativity aspect, like, but also the kind of the machine that it is, right? Like it's a, mm -hmm. this company is a machine. It's like, and there's certain parts, which is people that kind of brings it all together. Yeah, I think though, anytime you can personify uh, an object or in, uh, anytime you can attach a story to that, I think it just creates more depth for that specific thing. Um, so any, like growing up, I can remember watching things like Unwrapped, I believe was the name of it. Mark Summers, he was going into these food uh, factories and showing like, the work behind a Twinkie and things like that. Yeah. And I remember as a child being like, wow, this is so cool. Like I've never thought about like what goes into making a Twinkie. Like I just go and get it from the gas station. And so I just think it, it just creates depth and it creates context and it gives you just more appreciation for that thing. So yeah, 100%. Well, thank you very much for your time. I'd love to talk to you again, like uh, keep making movies and uh, go Tennessee. And, and just, <laughs> thank yeah, you. Just I appreciate your time. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's like I, I, I just, it's I, we're, I'm checking off Tennessee now. Like I think I got all fifty states now. I think I got Rhode oh, Island. Cool. Latinx, no, I got Rhode Island. So I think there's like three states left, and one of them was Tennessee. So now I got to talk to a filmmaker from Tennessee. That's awesome. Well, you should definitely come visit. It's a great place, especially yeah. in the summer. I like to see. I'd like to go to a football game. The Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, go balls. Go balls. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Manning. Well, came. thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Probably before your time. All right. So uh yeah, let's talk again. Like I said, keep making movies and uh and uh basically you got something, you got something good. So so uh, we'll talk again soon. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, shlamil, shlamazo.